Good morning, everyone. This is Jeffy Kennedy, author of fantasy, romance, and all of the wonderful places they intersect. I'm here with my first cup of coffee. Ah, I have another sip there. Or gulp, as it were. Uh, today is Monday, November 16th, halfway through November already. Pretty amazing. Ah. So I'm doing this uh, Instagram live also, and then saving the videos to IGTV. And it seems like more people are seeing them now. Um, I don't get the, the live audience so much. Sometimes people chime in, but I figure it's worth trying if uh, people want to watch it live. Um, since I have no intention of editing anything. <laughs> uh, in fact, uh, my friend Kelly Robson pinged me over the weekend and said, um, what are you using to record your videos? And I said, on Instagram Live? And she said, yes. And I knew where she was going with this. And, I, and she said, are you using your phone? And I said, yes, I'm using my phone. I have my dual setup. I have my phone on the tripod there so I can do the Instagram Live. And I'm recording on my laptop via Zencaster. I didn't tell her all that. I'm telling all of you that. And, and she said, oh, well, you should buy a ring light. Uh, you can get them on Amazon and they're not expensive. And it will really help your lighting. And I kind of laughed because this is very Kelly. She's always uh, wanting everyone to be the best and maximize what they're doing. And it's a wonderful quality in her. But I was like, I am not going to go crazy on equipment. I'm not going to get a fancy microphone. I am not going to mess with my video lighting. Uh, those of you who are longtime podcast listeners know I've been toying with uh, doing the Instagram live at the same time as I record the podcast simply to, I don't know, add another access point because people wanted to see things. So far, you don't get to see anything but the chair in my office, my beautiful uh, closet doors. Uh, you do not want to see the inside of this closet. But as I get better at this, at managing the two things at once, and I think my beginnings are getting more better, more better synchronized. I is a writer and it's more better synchronized. <laughs> My cat is scratching at the office door. I think he's upset that he didn't get breakfast, but he was asleep. He was asleep when I would have fed him. So uh, now he is distressed. He's picking, pushing his paws under the door. <laughs> um, so what was I was, I got distracted by the more better. Um, oh yeah, more better ways. Oh, I'm getting more better at synchronizing. That's it. Uh, technology. Uh, getting two things to start at the same time is not exactly perfectly easy. But yes, this is never going to be a high tech, high production value enterprise. And and I am at peace with that. And I was explaining to Kelly that part of the reason is, is because I want this to be a very low threshold, low effort enterprise. 
And I think that that is something that is worth talking about as far as creative ventures of all kinds. Uh, This weekend, I did a little bit of author coaching with one of my friends. It's interesting, the people, a few newbie aspiring writers have contacted me about the new mastermind coaching stuff, but it's interesting because the uh, people who are actually following through, and this is an interesting point too, but the people who are really wanting the help are very well-established authors who are looking for ways to revitalize their creativity, to um, cope with their loss of productivity in this pandemic year. And I talked with uh, this friend of mine for quite a while this weekend, you know, and she was like, you invoice me. I want you to make sure that you invoice me. And one of the things that we talk about in terms of creativity, especially sustainable, productive creativity, which is what I'm all about, right, is having that that low threshold to getting things done. If you make there be a lot of requirements for you to do a thing, then it becomes less likely you will do the thing. And it is something that we we talk about a lot in terms of creativity is how crippling perfectionism can be. And indeed, when I was talking about this stuff with my friend, I was laughing at her because I said, you know, one thing you might think about is letting go of a little bit of this perfectionism, just saying, because she ends up spending so much time going over things and over things and over things, you know, looking for typos, looking for widows and orphans. And at some point you really, you really hit this point of vanishing returns, right? Because I'm very much a believer in, in making things professional, you know, especially if you're self-publishing, you want it to be indistinguishable from your trad works. And and this is something that, that she is doing because she's hybrid. She feels like she has to spend much more time on her self-published stuff because the traditionally published stuff um, has other eyes on it. So she feels like she has to put more eyes on hers. And it's like, well, you know, yeah. And, and you know, she's like, and I still catch things, you know, the on those last passes. And it's like, yeah, you're always going to catch something and there's always going to be a mistake. I remember in one of my first traditionally published, one of my first published books, full full stop, um, it was Sapphire. And that was the first book I did with Karina Press. And the very first uh, review, I mean, I don't know, maybe even before the book came out, pointed out that I, I had a phrase in there where I said, baby, I was said like a like a baby heroin addict that she was craving something like a baby heroin addict and heroin was spelled h e r i o n e which is wrong heroin has does not have an e on the end a heroin with an e addict is something else altogether 
And I contacted my editor at Karina because it was a digital first press and all this kind of thing. And I said, oh, we need to correct this. And I was surprised when she said, no, we don't correct these things. We don't worry about it. There's always going to be a typo. But she was chagrined that nobody caught it. But And that had been through many eyes. So anyway, perfectionism can be really crippling. And when I was in grad school, my aunt actually talked to me about it because I was having a hard time writing my thesis. And and she has and she talked about how perfectionism stopped her from doing a whole lot of things in her life. And Leslie Penelope touched on this on a panel. We did a panel for Under a Winter Sky with the Readers and Readers conference this weekend online. Uh, which was fun. The readers were, I, I saw some of you there. Thank you. Uh, it's nice to see some uh, familiar taglines, right? Oh, it's, it's actually this closet door behind me. Did you guys see that move? The ghost within uh, just popped it open. Do, do, do. <laughs> um, but Leslie brought up what is fairly well known in creative circles where Ira Glass talked about when you first begin creating, you you start out as somebody who is a consumer of the art, um, you know, music, painting, podcasts, uh, writing, you know, books, whatever, and you develop taste for it. You develop very good pace, taste for the thing, and. It just occurred to me that this is probably a cool light on my face, right? <laughs> it is a cool light on my face. I wonder if I could, maybe if I do that. There. Is that better, Kelly? <laughs> that I was realizing that the way I have the laptop screen tilted up is probably shining some of that blue light on my face that Kelly was unhappy with. At least I assume she didn't tell me what her exact criticism was, that she felt like I needed a ring light. I did turn on more office lights. Anyway, he talks about how we all have very good taste to begin with. And when you first start trying to create the thing yourself, it's nothing as good as the stuff that you've been loving from other people because you're just starting out. But it can be crippling because you you see that what you're doing isn't as good as what they're doing. And it's easy to give up at that point. And what you have to do is is forge on, right? You have to keep going and uh, until it starts getting better, make make it better. But that's an obstacle. The perfectionism is an obstacle. The desire to make things amazing is an obstacle. And Kelly's talked about this. She's blogged about it um, at various times, how she was a late bloomer as a writer. And she spent many, many, many years reading and developing taste, but it took her quite a long time before she started writing. But then when she did, her career took off instantly uh, because she kind of like kept everything she'd written before that very, um, very much under the bed as it were. So anyway, I certainly have those perfectionist tendencies. I have my whole life. Um, and I remember when I was in high school, 
a girl at a neighboring high school, and I think I've talked about this before, she uh, was like a long distance runner or something. And, and, and I grew up in Denver. So, I mean, there were a lot of high schools in the city, but she was out running and she ran off a cliff and killed herself. And it was a subject of much consternation because, you know, she'd been this athletic superstar, straight A student, um, you know, shining star in every way. And my stepdad was vice principal at a middle school. And I remember him talking about it and saying that I don't know if she left a note or if people put it together or what, but apparently she was just struggling with that perfectionism that she felt like she could not live up to, um, these standards. And I decided right then and there that I was, <laughs> I was not going to, uh, keep going. I wasn't going to follow in that same path. It was a real cautionary tale for me because I was in a advanced math class that I always got put in the math advanced math classes. And yet I believed I wasn't good at math. Um, <laughs> you know, what, what's a, there, there's a lot to unpack there. And I'm sure some of that's that, like um, this stuff you absorb as, as a girl in school, you know, that girls aren't good at math. And it's like here I was in these very advanced math classes that utterly convinced I wasn't any good at math, but I was struggling with this class and I resigned myself to getting a B in the class because I didn't want to kill myself to get that A. And, and there comes a point where you have to make those decisions. It's like, is it worth what you are doing to yourself? to get the maximum thing. And, and maybe this isn't a great analogy because it would be fairly easy to buy for me to buy a ring light and put it on here. But at the same time, I don't want to make doing the, the video along with the podcast, something that requires a lot of thought and effort. I don't want to try to make it perfect. It's, it's meant to be a casual thing and off the cuff thing. We're sharing a cup, cup of coffee together. And I don't want to make it like some kind of high production value deal. I'm not going to add a, <laughs> all of these things. And it's not that the people who are doing those things aren't doing great stuff. That's awesome. But for me, I made a decision quite a while ago that my, my primary focus has to be on actually writing the books. That's, that's where I pour my, my primary effort. And I prioritize that over all other things. So that's a, uh, a fairly long discussion of that, but <clears throat> I think it's important for us to keep in mind which things, which things need our maximum attention and effort and which things can just kind of be good enough. And I know that that's kind of fraught because there's this idea that, you know, that you should do, I don't know. We have kind of a mythology around it, don't we? That there is, um, you know, like this person gives 110% all the time. 
you know, you should always do your, give your best, give your ultimate to everything you do. It's in a lot of the success stuff, right? And, and one of the things about that is when you come back and you look at it and you're like, you know, it's actually not, see, here's some math. I learned this in math. It's, it's actually not possible to give 110%, right? 110% does not exist. It's an imaginary number. So if you think that you're giving 110% to something, that's, that's a lie. It's an illusion. And it's, you know, it's, it's against the physical laws of the universe that we live in. Don't do that to yourself. It's sometimes it's really okay to give 80% or 60%. You know, we had a joke, um, it's not my joke. I, I should take it back. But we used to say it a lot when I worked for the environmental consulting firm because we did a lot of work on government contracts. And when we were working on things, we would sometimes say, well, that's good enough for government work, which is a longstanding joke and generally means that it's substandard. But at the same time, there's there's a truth to that, that some things are good enough for government work. It, it gets the job done. It ticks the boxes. It, it, it does what we need it to do. It does not need to have the widows and orphans fixed or a fresh coat of paint or whatever. Some things matter. Pay a lot of attention to the things that matter most. Pay less attention to the things that matter less because nobody is capable of giving 110%. If you do that, you will, if you try to do that, you will run yourself into the ground. And that is exactly what happens. So, all right, I'll leave that topic alone. Uh, I'm, I'm actually about out of time. I will not be interviewing Melissa Marr this afternoon for tomorrow morning's podcast because she is dealing with family health stuff. Unfortunately, I think she's been pretty open about it on social media, but her kid has contracted COVID and has had a hard time getting over it and now has to have a, I don't know if it counts as emergency, but it was certainly urgent surgery today. So she will not be able to make it to interview with me, unfortunately. Uh, we'll grab her some other time when her life is a little bit less chaotic. I think that's probably my mom texting me good morning. So if it is, good morning, mom. And I was going to tell you more about my weekend, but I'm already pretty much out of time. So we did the, the panel and the stuff for readers and readers, and that was fun. Um, Under a Winter Sky comes out on Thursday. Grace Draven will be on the podcast Thursday morning. So I'm going to, I'll ask her if she wants to try to do the dual Instagram live as well. It would be fun to see her face, but I'm making her get up early. So we'll see. All right. Well, I hope that the week is starting out well for all of you. Um, I hope that things are, that you're getting to do the things you want to do. And remember, 80%, 80% is good. There's nothing wrong with giving 80 to 90% on something. Um, 
I'll write you a note for your boss. All right. Uh, First Cup of Coffee is part of the Frolic Media Podcast Network, and you will find more podcasts you'll love at frolic.media slash podcasts. And I will talk to you all tomorrow. Take care. Bye-bye.